Hello, everyone. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Clyde McGrady is all about the Chicago Bears uh, trumping? No, I don't want to use that word. Uh, destruction of the Atlanta Falcons? Is That's not even fair either. The Falcons sort of self-destructive. doesn't matter. Clyde is a Falcons fan. The last time Clyde was on the show was on our February 29th, 2020 live show marathon at the Wonderland Ballroom. Uh, in other words, Clyde was on the last live show we did in 2020, which is sad because of uh, coronavirus. Uh, there are a lot sadder things, much, much, much more sad, but still disappointing. And that's why we now have a Patreon account. Consider donating at youmethemeverybody.com. We did not have a Patreon account before the global pandemic, but, you know, things change. And um, if you've ever been to one of our live shows um, and you enjoyed it, you were probably one of those very kind people that said, could I buy you a drink? And I said, no, thank you. Well, now I'm saying, yes, please. But instead of alcohol, give me money. And if you want, I'll use that money to buy alcohol if it'll make you happy. Uh, The NFL doesn't necessarily make us happy, but having a shared thing definitely makes us happy. Um, I guess I'm happy that I'm a Bears fan because we're 3-0, even though we could be 0-3. I think Clyde's happy that he's a Falcons fan, even though they're 0-3. 2020 is weird, man. Uh, Here's Clyde. How long have you been an Atlanta Falcons fan? Oh, God. Uh, too long. Um, too long a time that is healthy, I'll tell you that. Um, since I was a kid, you know, like five, six, um, since those early 90s Atlanta Falcons team with Deion Sanders. Oh, yeah. And Andre Risen, like the fun group, of, fun group of guys that didn't, you know, accomplish a, a whole lot in the playoffs, but you know, they had, you know, prime time and, and all those guys. So it was it was a fun time. And even a young uh, Brett Favre is backup. So you, yeah, but you don't remember Brett Favre as backup, do you? No, I, I did not at all. I okay. remember, when, you know, because like I'm a rap fan and the throwback era with everybody having throwback jerseys and somebody, I saw a Brett Favre Falcons jersey and I was like, is that a special edition? <laughs> No, he actually he was on the Falcons uh, bench before getting uh, released or traded, I think, to Green Bay. Do you know who uh, Favre's backup was in Green Bay? Um, well, Aaron Rodgers at one point. That's but, true, I mean, but when they won the that? Super Bowl. Uh, God, it was somebody who became a head coach, right? Nope, it was, was Jim it McMahon. Jim McMahon. Oh, okay. I yeah. Know that. Which relates to uh-huh. this game, which happened on Sunday, because Nick Foles is cosplaying as Jim McMahon. <laughs> yeah, he comes in and what throws what three touchdowns? Yeah, something. Well, it should have been four. Number one. Yeah. So, so, so you've been a fan pretty much your entire life. Did you grow up in Atlanta? I grew up in uh, Georgia and South okay. Georgia. So this was yeah. your home team. Yeah, it's my home team. Did you gravitate towards any other teams or are you like most of the people that I know from the South and enjoy college football to an unhealthy degree? Yes. So, I mean, that is a stereotype about Falcons fans that we're all, you know, like Georgia fans or Georgia Tech fans or, you know, even some Alabama or or Mm -hmm. FSU fans. That College football is so supreme that, you know, the Falcons are kind of an afterthought, which there is some truth to that but um i mean the falcons are pretty important to me but yes uh the university of georgia 
where I, where I went to school, like Georgia football is 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 supreme to me, though. Okay, I'm from a I'm from Chicago. I do not understand this at all. <laughs> no one, not no one, very 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 few people care, and those that do care about Notre Dame because of Catholic reasons. So, right. I'm not a fan of that. I don't like Notre Dame football. I don't like the culture around Notre Dame. Everyone I know to Notre Dame is a weirdo. The closest guy I know that went to Notre Dame ended up getting married way too soon because he felt like he had to. The marriage ended horribly. He blames his wife for everything. And the last time I saw him, he went to a mutual friend's bachelor party. And then once the check came, he literally ran away down the street and met up with us at the next bar like an hour later. So we went up to pay. Yeah, it's funny. Well, you know, Notre Dame, Notre Dame football wasn't that big where I'm from, but I did, uh, I had a friend who I played high school, college football with, or high school football with, and he was this like five foot four kid who played defensive tackle and he was obsessed with the movie Rudy. So that was my, whenever I was like over at his house and Rudy was on, that was my only experience with Notre Dame football. Yeah, it's not a good. Like, it's not a good idea. I guess it's cool that Joe Montana went there, and I guess it's cool that he prevented his grandchild from being kidnapped over the weekend. But other than that, I could do without Notre Dame football. Yeah, but, I mean, college football in the South, um, I mean, there are just so many sparsely populated areas. So you, for the longest time, the only pro team, or the closest pro team was the the Redskins, right? Um, um, and I think, well, is, aren't the dolphins tried, closer? Huh? Are the dolphins closer? Uh, well, the state of Florida is, but physically, I don't yeah. know if, if, if it's closer, maybe, but, uh, most of the people, um, for the longest time were Redskins fans huh. and then the Cowboys started their franchise. Um, and I think, I think. This is true. You might have to fact check it, but the Redskins tried to block the Cowboys from even started a, starting a franchise because they wanted the monopoly on the South. And then you had the Falcons and the Saints. So for the longest, college football was just the biggest game around, and that culture has has kind of stuck around. Even though now you have the Titans and the you know the Texans and um, you know like you said the the Dolphins have been around for a while and the the Bucks and all these teams and the, and the Panthers, but you know, it's still college football. You just mentioned uh, a, a relatively important team and Mets being the Titans. Uh, we are recording this at one forty-five PM on Tuesday, uh, September 29th, about two hours ago, uh, the Titans announced that they are shutting down the facility for the time being due to COVID-19. Some players and staff have it. Uh, do you feel conflicted watching any football games in 2020 due to coronavirus? Um, I don't know. It's, I guess, I guess I do feel a little, a little bit conflicted. Um, because, you know, even, I guess there's even a bigger conflict than the normal moral quandary you have watching people give each other brain injuries. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at first when the NBA canceled in, uh, in March, I was like, oh man, this is a bummer. Like sports, there's no sports. I'm so bummed out about it. And then just so much other stuff happened with the, you know, the continued uh, shutdowns and then the protests over racial justice. Like sports, in my mind, kind of just took a backseat. And, you know, like if they come back, they come back. 
So I, I can't say I was even super excited about this season starting, mm-hmm. but you know, now that it's here, I, I've been watching on Sundays and, and Thursdays and I, and Georgia just played this past weekend. So I started watching college football again, but you know, there is kind of a, a kind of a conflict there. And, and I have wondered, you know, with baseball, when there's like a, a, a COVID outbreak or whatever, they can postpone a game or baseball players can play three, four games in a day, whatever, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. But you can't do that with football, yeah. obviously, because it it's a week-to-week sport. So I'm just wondering how they're going to deal with that. And I don't I don't know how this season is, is going to progress, honestly. But, Let's talk okay, – number one, do you think it's going to finish? I think it will finish, but maybe in such a way that is not – that is so far removed from the way we normally watch – uh, football or recognize from football as far as scheduling changes that I think it could have a huge asterisk. Um, mm. I, I've often wondered, uh, you know, like with the NBA, if we get to, you know, the Lakers and the Heat are are in the NBA finals and what happens if, say, before game seven, LeBron James tests positive for COVID? Are you going to sit LeBron James in the biggest game of the year? The bubble situation makes it if so, if LeBron gets the COVID on right before Game Seven, number one, what happened to the Lakers where they need to have seven games? Number two, that's blatantly sabotage. <laughs> you think that test gets buried? And no, never... that just doesn't happen. Like somebody went in there to murder him via COVID because the the NFL people are living their lives day to day, and these are yeah. peak athletes at their prime probably not taking the biggest precautions because they're probably the healthiest they've ever been. Right. So I don't think if LeBron James catches coronavirus whilst in the bubble, all sports might just be canceled. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But um, yeah, I don't know how they're going to handle that. If there's a significant amount of players who catch it, like do they just, postpone the game or or what well, that's know. the so thing these teams are already 52 and then with a practice squad it's like a hundred dudes so i don't see any game not happening regardless of who gets it yeah there's yeah, maybe so. too much evil money going forward uh you are a falcons fan are you still a falcons fan after this start and more importantly what do you hope happens with the 2020 atlanta falcons um I um I'm actually a Ravens fan now. Um, <laughs> even though they lost last night. I'm so I'm actually it's funny. I make this joke every time the Falcons lose that my Ravens are doing great. But I mean, I am in the Ravens media market, so I watch far more yeah, Ravens games than I do Falcons games. Um but yeah, I'm, I'm still a Falcons fan. My hope is that they go 0 and 16. Okay, so that's you're not Okay, I'm with you, but here's the thing. Everyone might get hurt tomorrow, and you guys might go 13-3 and this season still. Because there's no preseason, because of the health risk, because of what happened today with the Titans, do you still hope the Falcons go 0-16? Yes, because they are unreliable. Whatever wins they get, I mean, I would not – I still don't trust Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, the head coach. Falcon is the problem. I mean, we saw something 
in a similar um, trajectory, hopefully not too similar, where I think the Falcons started one and seven last year before just ripping off the string of wins. Like mm-hmm. I, we thought, okay, at least Dan Quinn will be fired and we'll get a good draft pick. But no, what happened, they ended up going seven and nine, saving Dan Quinn's job. Just the perfectly mediocre, almost perfectly mediocre yeah. record. And, you know, we don't get a high draft pick. It was just the worst of all outcomes, right? All so right, so I'm asking deal- everybody this. What is your team's uh, record at the end of the year? What will the Falcons, if there's 16 games, what will the Falcons record be? Seven and nine. Seven and nine? Okay. Yeah. It's hard to disagree with that. Um, I'm doing this about every Bears game. Uh, the Bears are currently three and zero. Before the season began, I'd say the Bears would go four and zero and end the season eight and eight. I stand by that. Uh, what do you <laughs> think the Bears' record will be at the end of 2020? Um, I say eleven and five, and they get the wild card because I think Green Bay wins the division. Oh yeah. Uh, d- who is the quarterback for the Chicago Bears at the end of 2020? Nick Foles. It's still Foles. You think Foles makes it through the season? I think he stays healthy. Yeah. I want you to be right. Who's in the Super Bowl? Who is in this? Ooh, that's a good. That's a good one. I want to say the Chiefs return mm-hmm. um, after beating the Ravens in the AFC title game, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say the Packers. That's my Packers, matchup too. Who do you have winning? NFC title game. You think the, the Packers win? The Packers win it all. Uh, do they win it all? That's what I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna say the Packers win it all, just because it is so hard to repeat as um, a Super Bowl champions. Yeah, I feel bad for your team because your team is. I are you? I think you're likable. You're not evil. The Atlanta ownership is an evil, right? No, no. Arthur Blank, I think the problem is is he is not ruthless enough. Yeah. Like a ruthless owner would have fired Dan Quinn after the last game. Yeah. Or after the year. But the fact that he is saying that Dan Quinn has two uh, – I saw this as like a headline on a Falcons blog that he has two more games to prove – like. I don't know what that's going to add to the sample size, two more games, but it sounds like a person who doesn't want to fire the coach. Now, he's already. I, I spoke to Falcons fan Mike Sempervivi about this exact thing. It's like, who do you replace him with? Who wants that job? Do you go with someone within the staff or you go outside? If you're going outside, who would want to take this job? And then you have to work with the current staff. So I kind of understand the entire season being a wash and letting them go like the minute after week 16. Yeah, it may end up being, you know, Dirk uh, Cotter as a placeholder, um, as a placeholder head coach. But it is, it would, this is why they should have done it last year. Yeah. Because you're potentially looking at a, just a wasted season, another year of Julio Jones, just completely wasted. One of the best receivers of his generation. Just, it just absolutely gone to waste because you didn't have the guts to do this last year when you should have. You know, I'm a Bears fan, right? Mm-hmm. This is not that dissimilar to anything that's going on with the Chicago franchise. We're 0-3 and we should be – sorry, we're 3-0 and and we should be 0-3. 
Um, I so I know you you guys had a comeback, like a pretty big. Yeah, comeback. weeks one and three were big comebacks, and also the most important member of the Giants got hurt very early in the game in week two. So you think this is fool's gold? It's completely, absolutely. <laughs> that being said, I still think we're going to go four and zero, and I'm pretty. Sh- I don't want Tom Brady to die on the field, but I wouldn't be shocked if a Chicago Bear ends Tom Brady's career in two weeks. I heard he – I haven't seen a ton of the Tampa Bay games, mm-hmm. but I, I heard he's getting rocked back there in the pocket. Is that true? Yeah, and also uh, we ended Brett Favre's career in a very similar fashion when he was a Viking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, was, it was a night game, and it was one of those things where, like, yeah, it makes sense. We're, one of the be- we're still one of the best defenses – uh, what we were doing to Matt Ryan over the weekend shows that they could probably do the exact same thing to the Bucks. Um, it's Tom Brady and that staff on a short week because it's a Thursday night game. I'm, I think the Bears will end Tom Brady's career in two weeks. Well, I've always been a fan. Well, I can't say always, but I've been a fan of the Bears defense since you guys got, um, you had Lorenzo Carter, I think, and you had. Um, Roquan Smith, mm-hmm. who played linebacker at the University of Georgia and is one of my favorite players ever. I mean, I thought you were going to say you're a fan of the Bears because of the progressive stances of uh, former coach Mike Ditka and former player Brian Urlacher. Yes, yes, big <laughs> fan of the uh, political uh, posting on the internet. Uh, uh do you have any conflict about 10 years ago? I just stopped watching because of the CTE stuff, because when I'm 37, I think you're roughly the same age. You're in that same ballpark. When we were kids, we did not know this was a thing. And when we played sports in high school, and all that, it literally wasn't a thing. When we were in college, it wasn't a thing. But ne- so the players did not know what getting their bell rung actually was. Right. Now everyone, yeah. and, and then for like, what, 5 to 10 to 15 years, the NFL hit it. But now every single player that played college football and is in the NFL knew about the risk going in, which makes me for some odd reason think it's okay. Yeah. Where are you We're, with the uh, CTE? Did, did you play high school football? No, I played Pop Warner, and then I quit all sports to uh, be in bands because I thought um, all athletes were bad people that were sexist. And then uh, soon thereafter realized, oh, it's just as bad in the music industry. Yeah, escape misogyny to, to go to the music. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't work out well, and I regret not playing through. I played soccer and hockey because those are, like, barely sports. No offense to soccer and hockey players. But, yeah, going from football to anything else seemed very easy. Um, yeah, but I played high school football. You know, my dad at one point was a football coach, so mm-hmm. I just grew up around that culture. And it is funny how – like, okay, water breaks were considered a treat when I was playing high school football. I remember, yeah, water breaks about. were considered you don't want to have water because you'll cramp up. Yeah, I mean, we're talking 90 degree Georgia heat in the summer running all over that field for hours. I mean, come on. And I think it changed a little bit with Corey Stringer's death with mm-hmm. the Vikings. Um, and well, I think it was 2001. So the culture around it changed. But I mean, my coaches would talk about, yeah, at the end of the day, you were just expected to throw up. Yeah. I mean, 
so it has never been this 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 culture of safety but it is starting to change um and i guess i just say that to say like it is changing some so i think they will adapt to it um to 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 cause fewer um internal moral conflicts but i mean I think Teddy Roosevelt had to step in in the early 1900s because 18 people died during one football season. So, I mean, the, the game has had, had, uh, had struggles before with safety issues. So, so I'm hoping they, they work it out, but I mean, I, I think I'm, I think I'm in it. I'm, I'm just, I'm too far in, man. You're too complicit. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm too complicit, but college football, I think is even worse given the, the economic oh yeah um, for sure the, so how how do you rationalize your sec fandom um i mean i i, I guess i don't i, I ignore it I don't know. <laughs> so you ignore it Is that most i think that's how most people deal with uh, moral quandaries right no i mean i don't I'm, I'm not gonna say oh i'm you know i'm my support for this is like somehow helping the kids because it's 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 really not this is for my own enjoyment right so um, when you were in high school did you enjoy playing football i did i did okay more than more than i i thought i did actually like it was just something to do because you just grew up around that culture i don't know if you if you watch Friday Night Lights, but mm-hmm. like that was my childhood. We were even called the Panthers, and mm-hmm. I mean, we won championships, and it was a very small town. Um, but I remember my last game um, in Georgia. You play the semifinal round in the Georgia Dome. Whoa! And so, yeah, my senior year, we lost, and the coach, you know, just gives a speech about what the season meant and and how he's going to miss the seniors, and I started falling and i was surprised because i didn't know like i loved it like that much yeah i I had fun but it was like oh wait this is it like this is the end so um yeah somewhere crying in the in the bowels of the georgia dome did any part of you want to try to be a walk-on in college oh uh no why no no i mean i wasn't even a starter in in high school okay like i played like backup linebacker so i got in a little bit and mm-hmm. i was mainly on like special teams and stuff so you were one of the safest positions then because you're the one doling out the hits and if you're backup you're not number one you're not on the line you're not you're not doing the most damage and also you're not really taking any hits because even on special teams you're you're mostly blocking uh i mean kickoffs are pretty violent uh, sure but that's more like broken ankle broken arm versus like head trauma well, you're colliding, though. Sure. I, I yeah, okay. hit one kid in a punt return. I mean, they had to, like, carry this kid off the field because he was not paying attention. Yeah. And I just helmet to helmet. I mean, it would be illegal today, but I just speared my helmet into this poor kid. Um, and then at linebacker, you're shooting into the hole. But, yeah. I mean, again, I wasn't starting linebacker. Um. So there's some 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 bodily danger there. Oh no! In no way am I saying they're not. I'm just saying comparatively, you're not on the line, and you're not a target yeah. like a quarterback. Running back that that's probably the most. You think running back like, is the most dangerous or the most head trauma friendly? Because you're shooting like right through the hole, and you've got your 
like you're supposed to keep your head up, but I mean, people are just, you're colliding with linebackers and all these big uh, defensive linemen, but the safety, sometimes the safeties are coming up. So speaking of I safeties, think- I want to say that the wide receiver is actually the surprise most likely to have horrible CTE because they're going to be the ones that are getting blindsided by safeties or something like that. Yeah. They're trying to cut back on that, obviously, yeah. but oof, being a receiver coming over that middle is I, – I don't know how those guys did it, like, back in the 80s and yeah. the 90s. Like, Steve Atwater and – I still remember the hit that took Tom Waddle out of football. Tom Waddle was a Chicago Bears wide receiver that became a Chicago Bears TV analyst, like, soon thereafter and oh. still is on TV. Oh, really? What was the... It was just like, it was right over the middle. The ball was too high, and he got hit really, really hard in the middle of the field, and that was it. He he clearly had a concussion. I think there was a stretcher involved, but, like, that was it. Yeah, man. I mean, they... I I guess there's just... To the point where it's so much money involved in football that it is and and they're getting too many questions about it that I think they are worried that it is a turning viewers off now, but probably more importantly turning parents off from letting their children. So begs the question, if you were a child, would you let that kid play? Oof. Um, that's a tough one. I would, I would probably not encourage them. Mm Mm-hmm. But if they really wanted to do it, I would probably let them do it. You, you're based in Washington, D.C. Let's say you go back to where you were raised. I'm assuming the answer might be a little different. <laughs> They'd probably want to do it. Yeah. Then, yeah, it was it was strange if like a kid didn't want to play football when yeah. I was growing up because everybody just did. It's just what you did. I think that's another positive of being raised closer to a city is because all four major sports, five of you count soccer, were really represented, and the only one everyone wanted to play was basketball because this is the early 90s in Chicago. Right. So, yeah. like, no yeah. one cared about the Bears. Not no one, but, like, the Bears, no, the Bears were still important, but, like, the Bulls were it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Braves, yeah. when I was growing up, were the thing. So baseball was actually my first love. My my absolute favorite sport was baseball. Mm-hmm. And football was kind of secondary. So but, are you going to yeah. be watching the Braves' Red Series? Uh, Yes, okay. I am. Um, but even my baseball fandom has slipped a little bit. Like the older I've gotten, I just – the finding the time to watch – you know, three and a half hours. Yeah. And they play so many games. Well, that it's just kind of not this bit. year. Yeah. Not this, Do you not find that it's easier to watch football the older you get or, or because, uh, because other sports have fallen off. It's like one of the few remaining constants where you're probably going to watch every game. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's some, of, I think it's some of that because I mean, before, you know, Thursday night football, it was just more of an event, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and then the Monday night game. But now they do Thursday. And um, so it's it's a little less of an event, but it's just it is easier to, to throw on a football game and like have it on in the background. Like you don't have to watch every single play. 
I think I saw a stat that only there's only like 11 minutes of actual football whistle to whistle being mm-hmm. played during the game. So the, just like the YouTube cuts of every single sport are amazing, but specifically football, you can watch every game between 11 and 15 minutes and it makes it so much more enjoyable <laughs> if you're not completely invested. And it's difficult to explain to someone. I mean, we've been doing this for over 20 minutes now. And I think, in terms of negative to positive things, we said like nine negative things and a half of one positive thing about football, but we're both still watching this blood sport. Because, okay, there is the social aspect of it. Um, Now that has been blunted a little bit because of the pandemic, but again, because these games are seen as events, Mm -hmm. they are kind of social things that you can plan to see your friends around or, or, you know, your social schedule around so I, I it's just such a communal thing and people still want like communal experiences um with their friends and football is if it is good at one thing it is that and i think that is what um you know will keep it hanging on really how I mean, long have you been in washington dc um uh off and on i moved here oh seven okay and New York for a little bit, but oh wow! So, so there's been literally one good Redskins year that you've been here. 2012 was the only good oh. Redskins year that you were here. Yeah, yeah, and they ruined that, of course. Yeah, of course. Thinking walk out on his shredded knee. So I can't think of a city that loves a football team more than any other team that has had success than Washington. They love the Washington football team to an incredibly unhealthy degree here where literally every other sport has had more success yet people still care about that team more than any other. Does that make sense to you? That they do it or yeah, that they do it. Cause like the Nats have won a world series, the Cavs have won a world series. The the wizards have been in the playoffs multiple times with like pretty young, exciting teams not right now, but in the past 13 years yet the Redskins or the football team have had one, one winning season. And they had a parade for a first-round exit, if you remember. I mean, that's yeah, not true. I mean, He was just the head marshal of the of a parade. It wasn't for the Redskins, but continue. I think also, I mean, okay, football is the biggest sport, yes, but they're all, there's also some nostalgia there. I mean, the Redskins or the Washington football team, were very good in the 80s and then they had the title in 91 Mm -hmm. so i think a lot of people just grew up when they were good and i think some of that nostalgia just carries over i mean the wizards of the bullets won in what 79 something like that against the seattle right yeah wasn't it yeah it was two back-to-back against them in the late 70s yeah yeah and then I don't think the Wizards have been to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, you got Georgetown basketball, yeah. which was big in like in the eighties. Um, you got uh, the Nats are so new, yeah. Um, but they've won the most recent, and then the Caps finally did it. But it's hockey, so yeah. I just think that. I mean, that just it. Watch football team is supreme, man. Have you ever looked at rate like football ratings compared to other? sporting events oh yeah it's it's amazing i think last year like six of the top 20 just 
television events were Cowboys games, which is so crazy to me. But that Talk makes about sense. That hasn't like done anything. Yeah, but lately. they spend the money and even if they don't do anything, they're exciting. A losing Cowboy season is more exciting than most winning season for most teams. But that's because of the drama. Behind yeah. It. I mean, can you say like what's going on on the field is exciting? Yeah. Cause even when they lose, it's like, they shouldn't be losing this game or like no offense to that Falcons game. Like Falcons should have killed them and they came back. That's an exciting game for a Cowboys fan. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And also the I drama agree. of like, will we pay this running back? Will we pay this quarterback? What's Jerry going to do with this stadium? Is Jerry should Jerry even own this team? There's a like that's messed up. <laughs> Tony Romo's the most ex, he's the best commentator in football. Like the Cowboys are the best football show. They're not the best team, but they're the best football show and have been probably our entire lives. That is true. I I just like sometimes think about the person who lost that bid to Jerry Jones in mm-hmm. 1989 by the Cowboys. He has to be kicking himself every day because that franchise has just, what, quadrupled, quintupled in value. Which makes it's sense, though, because that dude likes spending money and he's reckless. But I think – let's go back to the Redskins uh, thing for a quick second. I think the reason that I'm so befuddled by this is they don't play here. They don't play in the district. And you joke that your team is the Ravens for most <laughs> – for most district residents, it's easier to get to Baltimore than Landover. They're both in Maryland. Why aren't you rooting for the Ravens? You know, the team with one of the two most exciting quarterbacks that have won two Super Bowls since the Redskins have been good or since the Redskins like were even relevant. Like be you a know, Ravens you, fan. You, you love the one who broke your heart, right? And they left DC <laughs> and broke people's hearts. So they're still pining for them. But I mean, Redskins fans, I keep saying Redskins, the Washington football team, the WFT wants uh, <laughs> wants them to come back. And since they changed the name, maybe Congress will, you know, like not block the move and let them come back to D.C. Or if Dan Snyder is somehow ousted. I don't know. But it's a good chance that they could come back to the district, though. I'm convinced that the future, this is not a joke, I'm convinced that the future of football is the XFL, not in terms of taking over the NFL, but becoming a real minor league system, which they don't have. It's a way to get a bunch Mm -hmm. of college players that are against the horrible ethics of college sports into the system while getting paid. Um, If The Rock is able to turn this league into a bubble, obviously Mm -hmm. during the pandemic, it's going to be safer than the NFL. Um, I can't think of anyone that would not want to work with the highest grossing movie star. He's already got a huge deal with Under Armour. How mm-hmm. I can't see this thing failing right now, and that sounds insane. I would love to see someone put some pressure on college football because um, right now the NFL gets a free mm-hmm. developmental league that they don't have to put any money into essentially. And yeah, I think that would, I think it would be good if the, the XFL, you know, challenge the NFL and um, college football is just another place for, um, for people to play and get paid. You know, I'm all for, I'm all for people getting paid for their, for their skills. And that would be a good thing. Let's wrap this up. What do you hope help? Help. 
What do you hope happens with the Falcons? You said 0-16. Is there someone on your draft board already? I know it's very early. Who do you want to be uh, on the Falcons in 2021 from the 2021 draft? Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Who do you want to coach the Falcons in 2021 or the rest of this year? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, I don't know. Eric... Um, Eric Bieniemy, who I think I'm pronouncing his his name right. I always get it wrong. He's the OC, um, for the Chiefs. And yeah, I know Andy Reid is you know an offensive guru or whatever. So maybe people would say, oh well, it's Andy Reid. But a guy who comes up under Andy Reid knows how to run an offense. And say what you want about Kyle Shanahan, God knows I have but we haven't seen a ton of offensive creativity since he left. So I would, I, that's, that's what I want to see. That's a, that's a good pick. I understand both yeah. of those thoughts that could happen. Those, those are very reasonable things too. Yeah. Yeah. You're not saying like Belichick or anything crazy. Well, no, why would, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see that happening. Good luck for the rest of the season. And uh, I don't pity your job right now. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, Same to you guys. Good luck. I think you make the playoffs, though. 